Book Five, Chapter Two of Henrietta Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. Henrietta Temple by Benjamin Disraeli. Book Five, Chapter Two. In which Lord Montfort contrives that Miss Temple should be left alone. And how do you like my friend, Henrietta? said Mr. Temple, as they drove home. "'I like your friend much, papa. He is quite as quiet as you said. He is almost the only person I have seen since I quitted England who has not jarred my nerves. I felt quite sorry that I had so long prevented you both from cultivating each other's acquaintance. He does not interfere with me in the least.' "'I wish I had asked him to look upon us in the evening,' said Mr. Temple, rather inquiringly not to-day said henrietta another day dearest papa the next day lord montfort sent a note to mr temple to inquire after his daughter and to impress upon him the importance of her eating his grapes his servant left a basket the rest of the note was about cinerary urns mr temple while he thanked him assured him of the pleasure it would give both his daughter and himself to see him in the evening this was the first invitation to his house that Mr. Temple had ventured to give him, though they had now known each other some time. In the evening Lord Montfort appeared. Henrietta was lying on her sofa, and her father would not let her rise. Lord Montfort had brought Mr. Temple some English journals, which he had received from Leghorn. The gentlemen talked a little on foreign politics, and discussed the character of several of the most celebrated foreign ministers. Lord Montfort gave an account of his visit to Prince Esterhazy. Henrietta was amused. German politics and society led to German literature. Lord Montfort, on this subject, seemed completely informed. Henrietta could not refrain from joining in a conversation for which she was fully qualified. She happened to deplore her want of books. Lord Montfort had a library, but it was at Rome. No matter it seemed that he thought nothing of sending to rome he made a note very quietly of some books that henrietta expressed a wish to see and begged that mr temple would send the memorandum to his servant but surely to-morrow will do said mr temple rome is too far to send to this evening that is an additional reason for instant departure said his lordship calmly mr temple summoned a servant send this note to my house said his lordship my courier will bring us the books in four days he added turning to miss temple i am sorry you should have to wait but at pisa i really have nothing from this day lord montfort passed every evening at mr temple's house his arrival never disturbed miss temple she remained on the sofa if she spoke to him he was always ready to converse with her yet he never obtruded his society he seemed perfectly contented with the company of her father yet with all this calmness and reserve there was no air of affected indifference no intolerable nonchalance he was always attentive always considerate often kind however apparently engaged with her father it seemed that his vigilance anticipated all her wants if she moved he was at her side if she required anything it would appear that he read her thoughts for it was always offered she found her sofa arranged as if by magic 
and if a shawl were at a moment missing, Lord Montfort always knew where it had been placed. In the meantime, every morning brought something for the amusement of Mr. Temple and his daughter. Books, prints, drawings, newspapers, journals of all countries, and caricatures from Paris and London were mingled with engravings of Henrietta's favorite Campo Santo. One evening Mr. Temple and his guest were speaking of a celebrated professor of the university. Lord Montfort described his extraordinary acquirements and discoveries, and his rare simplicity. He was one of those eccentric geniuses that are sometimes found in decayed cities with ancient institutions of learning. Henrietta was interested in his description. Almost without thought, she expressed a wish to see him. "'He shall come to-morrow,' said Lord Montfort, "'if you please. "'Believe me,' he added in a tone of great kindness, "'that if you could prevail upon yourself "'to cultivate Italian society a little, "'it would repay you.' "'The professor was brought. "'Miss Temple was much entertained. "'In a few days he came again "'and introduced a friend scarcely less distinguished. "'The society was so easy "'that even Henrietta found it no burthen. "'She remained on her sofa, the gentlemen drank their coffee and conversed. One morning Lord Montfort had prevailed upon her to visit the studio of a celebrated sculptor. The artist was full of enthusiasm for his pursuit, and showed them with pride his great work, a Diana that might have made one envy Endymion. The sculptor declared it was the perfect resemblance of Miss Temple, and appealed to her father. Mr. Temple could not deny the striking likeness, Miss Temple smiled. She looked almost herself again. Even the reserved Lord Montfort was in raptures. "'Oh, it is very like,' said his lordship. "'Yes, it is exactly like. Miss Temple does not often smile, but now one would believe she really was the model.' They were bidding the sculptor farewell. "'Do you like him?' whispered Lord Montfort to Miss Temple. "'Extremely.' He is full of ideas. Shall I ask him to come to you this evening? Yes, do. And so it turned out that in time Henrietta found herself the center of a little circle of eminent and accomplished men. Her health improved as she brooded less over her sorrows. It gratified her to witness the pleasure of her father. She was not always on her sofa now. Lord Montfort had sent her an English chair which suited her delightfully. They even began to take drives with him in the country an hour or so before sunset. The country around Pisa is rich as well as picturesque, and their companion always contrived that there should be an object in their brief excursions. He spoke, too, the dialect of the country, and they paid under his auspices a visit to a Tuscan farmer. All this was agreeable. Even Henrietta was persuaded that it was better than staying at home. The variety of pleasing objects diverted her mind in spite of herself. She had some duties to perform in this world, yet remaining. There was her father, her father who had been so devoted to her, who had never uttered a single reproach to her for all her faults and follies, and who, in her hour of tribulation, had clung to her with such fidelity. Was it not some source of satisfaction to see him again comparatively happy? How selfish for her to mar this graceful and innocent enjoyment! She exerted herself to contribute to the amusement of her father and his kind friend, 
as well as to share it. The color returned a little to her cheek. Sometimes she burst for a moment into something like her old gaiety. And though these ebullitions were often followed by a gloom and moodiness against which she found it in vain to contend, still on the whole the change for the better was decided, and Mr. Temple yet hoped that in time his sight might again be blessed and his life illustrated by his own brilliant Henrietta. End of Book 5, Chapter 2